Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from Travel Channel's Expedition Bigfoot. You're listening to the Bigfoot Society Podcast. Thanks for coming back to Bigfoot Society, your weekly cryptozoology-focused podcast where I talk to a different individual in the cryptozoology field, authors, researchers, artists, all sorts of people. If you're listening to this on iTunes, please uh, go ahead, subscribe to this uh, podcast and rate us five stars as it helps us get more into the podcast stratosphere and get uh, better guests on the show. Also, if you're on YouTube, do us a favor, like this video and subscribe to this channel. It doesn't cost a thing and it helps us get out there into the YouTube stratosphere as well. Be sure to leave what your favorite part of the episode was in the comments. Welcome back to another episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. This week, I've got the privilege of interviewing good friend Jordan Heath, co-host of the Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling Podcast. I had a great, fun time chatting with Jordan. Uh, he's just uh, a wealth of knowledge. We talked about all sorts of stuff. This this uh, episode also goes on some uh, interesting rabbit trails that uh, the podcast hasn't gone before, but... Uh, I know you'll enjoy it. I enjoy talking to Jordan and uh, some interesting chat about Bigfoot at the end as well. Uh, do me a favor. Subscribe to Campfire Tales of the Strange on an unsettling podcast on your preferred podcast platform. And uh, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes and uh, check out their Patreon too. These guys are doing uh, the good work and uh, want to keep them keep them going so enjoy this uh interview with jordan heath from campfires campfire tales of the strange and unsettling podcast and uh enjoy yourself have a good one all right welcome back to the bigfoot society podcast Uh, i've got a good friend with me tonight uh mr jordan heath from campfire tales of the strange and unsettling how's it going jordan Dude, it's going so well. I'm excited to be here. Oh man, I'm excited to to have you here. This is one of those ones where, you know, it's it's uh someone I've been talking to a long time, but then actually get to have like a one on one interview. And I've been on Campfire before, and yep. I've just really been looking forward to getting you on here. And the stars aligned, and and we were able to to get you on. Uh, and um. I'm just, I'm happy to have you on, dude. We got a few people watching live in the Patreon group. If you want to see these interviews live, you can um, go to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society and you can kind of watch it as it happens. Then we have an after show uh, after the uh, the main show where uh, uh, Patreon members can ask their questions to Jordan or whoever's on on uh, the hot seat. So let's start out, though, with a uh, reading your bio uh, that you sure. provided and kind of give people an idea of uh, what's going on. So Jordan Heath is a writer, musician, artist, and amateur historian. He's the co-host of Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling and a contributing writer at Paranormality Magazine, a husband and father of five from Indiana. This bona fide enthusiast of all things bizarre is on a personal quest to revel in the mysteries found in the blurry edges of our reality, which is uh, a very, very cool way uh, to say it. Um, Jordan, I, I, I'm going to talk about your podcast for a second, if that's all right. Sure. Uh, and I know listeners have heard me talk about that. Maybe they haven't, but, uh, campfire is such a, a fun thing to listen to. Uh, the, the audio, uh, 
what you put into how the audio is, the audio engineering, um, the stories you you create, and it's just it's amazing. It needs to definitely be on everyone's uh, listen to. I mean, it's still the best piece of produced content about the Van Meter Visitor, in my opinion. Like that episode is the top of the top, dude. Uh, for, for I, I really appreciate that. It's amazing. That's... It's like the way that you did the story, like 20 minutes of story part at the beginning. It's like you guys were actually there. That's how, how it's like you guys were looking around and seeing it happen. And then it's just, it's awesome. So hats yeah. off to you. Thank uh, you. You are still the best. That comes from a ton of research, mm. like being able to actually show mm. that, that first person perspective, like you have to, no, some. I mean, it's not just even research about the event, but research about the time mm. period, the historical context, the way people spoke to each other during that time, like things that were other things that were happening in that area at that time. Okay, like all that's important. Yeah, is that anything that you can maybe go into a little bit about? Like, so, like, let's take that episode for example. What kind of other things did you? research besides like i'm sure the chad lewis book came up you know right um well a big thing there was there was actually a a a big dispute going on in that town at the time Mm -hmm. about the the labor forces that were working the mines which which actually came into play in the story right was the mine so um there was a lot of tension i guess between the person who owned the mine and most of the people who lived in the town worked in the mine. Okay. Yeah, right? sure, sure. Right. So he was kind of, uh, he was kind of like a reviled figure almost because of oh, his, wow. his uh, practices with his, his laborers. So that was a big, a big part. There was a lot of tension between him. So when the Van Meter visitor occurred, when that incident happened, mm. there was, there had to be cooperation between, um, Back then, it was called this the town elders. Sure, yeah. Basically, yep. the people who founded the town, right? Um, and they call they basically called the shots in those in those oh, small sure. towns yep. back then. So there had to be cooperation between those town elders and the guy who ran the mine in order mm-hmm. to orchestrate that whole. Because everyone kept seeing the Van Meter visitor go back toward the mines. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So when they came up with this plan to basically chase it back to the mines, um, which wasn't a lot of people who cover it, they'll say like the last time it was seen, they just like, they were like, it's going that way. Let's go that way. But it was, it was planned. Like they, they were like, okay, that they sat down the council, all that. Um, and they, they actually came up with a plan that the next time someone saw it, they would all rally and and go out there. Exactly. The posse. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there had to be, there's this like tense, there's this tension between the elders who were setting up this plan and the. Oh, sure. The yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh man, that that's awesome. So maybe to even uh, go a little bit further. So is there a particular resource where you got like that idea of like the, the tension that was in the town at the time or there were honestly, a lo- there was a lot of um, newspaper articles um, from Des Moines. Okay. Yeah. In that, that covered um, 
these small labor disputes that were happening oh, all over the area. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And Van Meter actually was specifically listed as a place where that was happening in several of them. Oh, that's blowing my mind, Jordan. That's amazing. You just totally like opened my mind once again about that <laughs> story, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Uh, that's just a, a small example of why you need to be listening to uh, Campfire Tales of the Strange Unsettling because, and you guys cover, you know, all sorts of stories. So hats off to you. But uh, let's let's uh, let's start. You know, I always like to start at at the beginning of the story. Um, so, Jordan, what was it that got you into all this weird stuff to begin with? We'll be right back. Hey, it's Pat Flynn here, host of the award winning podcast, the Smart Passive Income Podcast, which was created to help you learn how to become an entrepreneur and in the simplest way, too. You know, entrepreneurship can be very difficult. I like to simplify things, and I interview people like Josh Hall and Shane and Jocelyn Sams and Maria Fela. Who are they? Well, they're people just like you, people who have taken action after listening to the show and have built a business that has changed their lives. And I'd love to share an episode with you that I think will inspire you to get started, too. Check out the link in the description or go to smartpassiveincome.com slash 122 to get inspired, get what you need to get started, and change your life. You got this, and thank you. Okay, so there are really, there are two people that I can like sort of lay that at the feet of. It's my dad and his younger brother. Okay. Um, My dad... I grew up listening to, and this is what specifically piqued my interest in cryptozoology. All right. Was I grew up listening to my dad tell these, this story like every weekend around a bonfire, mm-hmm. he would be out there with his brothers and his friends. And I would sit and hear him tell this story um, of his, he and his older brothers encounter with um, what he thinks is, a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch away in Alaska when they were teenagers. And it was, it's this, like my dad is a masterful storyteller. Oh man. Like, so I grew up hearing this story over and over again. And it seemed like every time I heard it, it got a little scarier and it just like, I, so I was interested. I mean, Mm. he, he made it interesting. And on top of that, growing up watching like unsolved mysteries totally, and all those yeah. shows yeah. with him. He was always really into that stuff. Um, so that started me off when I was young, young, like grade school age. Okay. And then in my early teen years, my uncle, his younger brother, he's always been, I want to say even in a weird family, he was always kind of the black sheep. Cause okay. he right. was, he's, he's always been into this, like, um, like esotericism. He's always Mm. been into like occult stuff and like um, tarot reading and um, lucid dreaming. And you know what I mean? All the fringe stuff. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, And I remember specifically when we were like, I was like 14, probably me and Ryan, my co-host. Okay. Yep. Yep. um, I remember us sitting on my back porch, listening to my uncle give basically give us tips on how to lucid dream oh jeez. yeah when we were like 14 years old yeah that'll Um, do something to you yeah so just him always being and he was like kind of the cool one you know Mm -hmm. out of all my uncles so growing up like listening to him talk about stuff like that it it really piqued my interest 
so there's there's no <laughs> there's no way you guys wouldn't have wouldn't have ended up being into the weird encrypts as well after knowing all that like yep that, that's uh that's a pretty awesome uh upbre- upbringing especially being able i love how you're able to to grow up hearing your father's uh, you know, Bigfoot encounter story in Alaska. Yeah. That is, that is awesome. Very, something very special to have that oral tradition, you know, passed down to you around the campfire. Yes. And uh, not many people experience that uh, these days, I, I would say. So that's a very special thing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, um, I am might be as, as bold to ask, is that anything that you can, do you, can you share that story or, or is that over um, bounds? If you can say, no, no. no but I, I don't think I want to give the full story because okay, I, okay. I really want to do something with it. So oh, I don't know if I want to like, yeah. write. Yeah. I don't know if I want to write a story based on it or um, actually just have him come on and tell the story sometime on, on our podcast. But in um, that case, I will say let's, let's, uh, let's take the present and, wrap it back up and then listeners will be able to open it at a future point. Okay. I know I will be uh, very excited to, to hear that now. So um, you got, you got me hooked once again. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about this. So when someone asks you about like, okay, you got this campfire uh, podcast, how do you explain what the podcast is? What's your elevator pitch to, to people when, when you talk to them about your podcast? So, Basically, the elevator pitch is we what we do is we take we take actual reported events from history and we we sort of put these ideas that the concept is to put these ideas out in like this time honored tradition Mm. of the campfire story. Right. Yeah, it's something everyone's familiar with. It's something that a lot of people experienced growing up. Um, and it, it acts as a platform for people to explore these ideas. Mm. Very cool. Very cool. I like putting a spin on that is, uh, what is, um, what is, what is your, your goal with the podcast? If that's something that we, we didn't just cover, I guess, if there's anything different on with that. I mean, there are of course lots of lofty goals like mm-hmm. creating a community for you know people who yep. are into yep. into things that that normal society usually sort of puts on the back burner exactly but honestly we just the forefront of our mind most of the time the goal is to scare people oh, i mean I when you're it. writing campfire it, stories you know it's yeah. it's got to be scary and that's where the fun is right we we all love a good scare so totally that's mostly what we're doing here. What episode uh, do you have a favorite or is there one that scares you the most? Yeah. I mean, that's two very different answers. That's true. I'll, I'll answer stuff. both of them. All right, um, cool. I think I struggle with this because with this question, because we cover like categories, right? Like several mm-hmm. categories. My favorite cryptid episode we've ever done by far is the van meter visitor. That's good. I love that episode so it's much. So the, the research was so much fun and the story was great, but the, the debrief was so much fun. Mm. Like just digging into all the little details and mm-hmm. 
I love that era in American history anyway, the when towns were being settled and when, you know, the West was being settled. Yep. That yep. basically from like 1840 to 1920 is like my favorite. That's my favorite. I love anything that happens out there. But um, I also recently we did an episode on Saracina. Okay. Which was, uh, it's a town in Bulgaria and they have this, they had this event in the early nineties where the Bulgarian government basically came in and took over a town and sectioned off this area and just started digging like straight down digging. And there are all these wild reports, like the, the Bulgarian military was being guided by like psychics and mystics who were telling them that there was something you know valuable whether societally valuable or monetarily valuable that's you know up for discussion but they dug for two years oh man yeah and they're i mean like there are psychics who were involved in the project who later ended up committing suicide talking about how um how they were like linked with this consciousness that was discovered below ground mm. and that it was like, had been tormenting them. And it, it's a wild story. That's it's, awesome. Cause on top of all that, as soon as they broke ground, the area started experiencing all these like skinwalker ranch style. Oh, no way. Really? Phenomena. Yeah. Like oh, um, UFO goodness. sightings in the sky, like shadow creatures, like, all this, these, these reports just exploded for two years while the military was there digging. Yeah. It's, wow. it's very interesting. Mm, that's some Indiana Jones stuff, dude. That's like, yes, that's some Indiana Jones and the fate of Atlantis. We'll see yep. who's, who's into those deep cut LucasArts 1990s point and click adventure games. Like I, I am. So yeah. if, if you are, let me know in the comments for YouTube, if you like that game, cause it's a good game. Um, it's a really good game. I play it again now. Uh, man. Um, yeah. So the, but those two are probably my favorite that we've done, but the scare, the ones that scare me the most. Yeah. Yes. The episodes that scare me the most are first of all, any of them that like butt up against the true crime genre. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes when we cover a haunting, it ends up feeling like a true crime show because you Ooh, have to talk sense. about, you know, whatever tragedy, sort of was the catalyst for the haunting you're discussing. Um, But demonic possession Mm -hmm. terrifies me. The whole concept. That's a, that's a topic where I am like uh, uh, for different reasons. I'm super like uh, hands off. Like, yeah, just, I mean, I've, I've heard things where it's like, uh these pandora boxes you don't want to open and you yeah. don't need to open yeah. and um if you do that's your thing but as for me i want to keep my house safe you know what yeah. i mean like it's oh, crazy I, stuff i dude. completely yeah i completely understand i've i don't do them anymore i mm. make ryan do them when we're uh, going to cover one sure sure because i i've covered i've i've done the research and wrote the story written the story for two demonic possession episodes since we started about nine months ago and the last one that i did i i mean i legitimately had recurring nightmares for a month not good dude after doing the research yeah it just and it feels it just felt unhealthy to me so yeah i hope i don't do those anymore i hope you were able to uh 
to get that uh, taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, so, well, I asked for it and you provide the answers uh, that those are great examples of how campfire goes all over the place. And I, I love that. Um, I did, as I was reading your bio, I kind of had an idea. So we mentioned you're from Indiana, correct? Yeah. Is there a favorite weird story that you like to share from Indiana about like, you know, you live in the state. Do you have any like uh, fun stories you found from research or, or anything like that? Honestly, um, people, people familiar with, with cryptozoology in general probably mm-hmm. have seen, um, heard about the mud mermaids, mm. right? Um, that's probably cause we're, we're pretty light on cryptids mm-hmm. in Indiana. It's basically that and the beast mm-hmm. of Busco. Right. Big turtle. Um, yeah. Um, which is also a great story. The beast of Busco is a great story, but I like the mud mermaids cause they're, they're unique. You know, we're, we're a landlocked state. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> and, and we have a mermaid cryptid, right? Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's weird. Um, but of course they're mud mermaids cause they were seen in the Ohio river, which is like, is so it pretty nasty. Muddy? It's, it's yeah. Nasty, yeah. And yeah, it, the stretch of it that's in Indiana. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. It gets narrow in Indiana and it, so it like it pulls a lot of sediment and it's it's yeah. just not you know it's not clear oh my goodness yes. um so indiana really is like rife with hauntings oh really right? that's that's like that's indiana's bread and butter okay you, like right. you can't throw a rock without breaking a window in a haunted house no in but indiana. you probably wouldn't want to do that either yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah no i like i live i don't know three blocks from yeah. the Monroe house, which mm. has been investigated by like travel oh, like channel guys, shows yeah, like and, adventures, yeah. all that. Okay. All right. Yep. And um, it's that one's weird to me because mm. I, I grew up with a, a close friend who lived right next to it and oh. just a normal family lived in that house for oh weird. You know, yeah. For a long time. Okay. It's just a normal house at some point in the early nineties, I think, they found they dug up uh, in the basement. They dug up human remains mm. in the basement that's, of the house. That's a no for me, dog. Right. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, like, it was beneath. So here's the thing that most people leave out: the okay. the human remains were found in a place where the foundation had been demolished. Oh my goodness! Right. So. Yeah it was below where the house was built. So odds are those human remains had been there since before the house was there. Right. Mm, Weird. That's really weird. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that makes the house more or less scary because, you know, 150 years ago, that was probably just a field that someone buried their uncle in. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It could have been that or you know, any number of nefarious things. Mm. But yeah. Indiana, Indiana has some weird stuff. Wow. Light, light on cryptids, but a lot of hauntings. A lot did, of hauntings. Not, did not guess about the, the hauntings and the, the people buried in the basement. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we also get a lot of UFO yeah. sightings because we're oh, such okay. a, we're such a flat state. It's, it's a lot of open sky. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It so, flat, yeah. And we have maybe three, what the rest of the country would call large cities. 
in all of Indiana. True. So the vast majority of our 96 counties are cornfields and small towns with a few stoplights. You know? Uh, yep. Kind of kind of Iowa like there. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Not a lot of no, yeah. not a lot of light pollution to contend with. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of UFO reports. Oh, man. Oh, man. That that is that is wild. Um, I'm going to have to look at the mud mermaids because that's one I actually haven't heard a lot about. And I'm going to I'm going to check that out. So thank yeah. you for enlightening me about that for sure. Um, I would like to. You know, the other cool thing that you do. Uh, you do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we've talked about the podcast a little bit. You also uh, write for, and I had, there it is. You know who on the podcast last week? Yeah. Uh, but man, Paranormality Magazine. Let's just let's just say it again. I said it all last week too. It's probably uh, well. It, it is a must subscribe to. And I said, you know. Uh, if you're a Bigfoot guy, you need the Bigfoot. You need the Bigfoot Times, but then you also need Paranormality Magazine because it covers like the UFOs, the ghost stuff, but the cryptid stuff, which my audience <laughs> is going to be into. And Jordan is writing some amazing articles about cryptids uh, in every episode, in every uh, yep. issue, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it's really the place that I can focus my energy on cryptids exclusively. That's I just I want to make sure because when I first came on. Um, the magazine focused a lot on UFO stuff and, and hauntings. Um, that's mostly what was discussed in the magazine Mm. and I saw a hole, right? So I was like, let me come on. I'll, I'll put something cryptozoological in every issue. Mm. You know what I mean? Because that's a huge part of this community is the cryptozoology community. I mean, you know, the, the show is built around it, right? So, yeah, um, and it's been a blast. I was actually um, brought on by Aaron Deese. Oh, such a good uh, dude. From Hey Strangeness. He he also writes for the magazine. Um, And he was like, you should do this. (laughs) So he set me up with Jack. And yeah, it's it's been awesome. There's so much freedom writing for it, too. You do. I've never had to worry about you know, anyone telling me what I should be writing about. That is so cool. Um, yeah. And I think that's why the magazine is so good because people are writing about what they care about, not what they're, you know, told the to care about people. that month. Exactly. Paranormality magazine. Check it out. Uh, have you had an article that you've, uh, that comes to mind where you had like really a, a ton of fun researching it, writing it, or is it a thing where like, you're just having a blast every month because you get to choose what you're writing. I mean, they've all been fun, but the one that my very first, no, the most fun, I was going to say the first one was the most fun, but it wasn't the most fun I've had researching one was the go row. Oh yeah. Arkansas, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, dude. Cause I, man, I love the, like, again, that same time period as van meter. Right. That mm-hmm. same like 40 year span. Yeah. And I love the like yellow journalism and the like these crazy, like often exaggerated news newspaper headlines and and writing. Back then, you could write newspaper articles so colorfully mm-hmm. like now, of course, and it's important right. that, that we have fact checking and all that in journalism. But oh, yeah, it's they're just so fun to read 
I mean, people wrote newspaper articles in the late 19th century. People wrote newspaper articles like they were writing a serial. You know, like, yeah, tell me about it. Like the Van Meter article mm -hmm. from Des Moines is a perfect example of that, where it's like fired enough bullets to, yeah, to sink the, the, the Spanish, Spanish Armada. Armada. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what in the world, guys? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love yeah. that style, too. I love mm -hmm. that. Like, um, I, I think that that style has really inspired the way I write. OK, because um, I mean, I love. You know, I'm a fan. I'm always a fan of a good alliteration. Mm. I love like flowery language. It's it's important to me, right? Like I don't especially when you're writing like a campfire story or something that's supposed to oh, be yeah. scary, right? Like you need that extra that extra depth of uh, to pull emotion out of people. And the thing is is that nobody else is doing it. Yeah. And so when you listen to something like Campfire, it smacks you across the face because it's like whoever put this together spent a whole lot of time caring and I should be paying attention because this is well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad it has that effect. Yeah. At, on me, at least. So hopefully others as well. Um, it's come out so far that you you're doing a ton of research in all your stuff, you know, uh, paranormality, um, campfire, etc. Can you maybe walk me through like when you're getting ready, uh, to, you know, to write the story for the podcast or to do the article, do you have like uh, common, uh, research, uh, you know, ways or books you're going to, or like, how does that research look like for you? Sure. Um, I mean, the process in general is when it's my week, because mm -hmm. we alternate Ryan and I, ah, um, sure. when it's my, when it's my week, I basically, I choose a topic. We like most people in our, in our field have a massive list of future okay. topics, right? An ever growing list. Um, and then research comes first. I spend like three to five days creating notes and mm. the research I like. I like primary sources. Yes. Um, you know, coming from an academic background, I I'm kind of obsessed with it. I, I mean, I might be, we might be one of the few podcasts that have like a dedicated bibliography, right? Like I have, sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a massive word doc on my, on my computer that is just a, a constantly growing reference list of oh, everything oh. we've used for research. Um, you need to make that available somehow. Oh yeah, it like maybe it's a, coming. a Patreon thing or something like that's um that's awesome. You have that. Yeah, it's it's coming. All right, sure. you got it. You got it. Cool. So I spend like three to five days doing research because I have a two weeks total to make the to create my episode. Um, and then writing the story is like three days, a draft okay. per day. Wow. Um, sometimes four, but usually three. Um, yeah. And then I record the story sometimes, um, sometimes I, I include like sound design notes and stuff mm. in, while I'm writing the story, but I record the story and maybe write some of the music. Ryan and I write all the music in our, 
in our podcast. No way. Well, really? So, yeah. I, I think I knew that actually, but like, that's fantastic. Wow. Aside from the, the, the music that's under the debrief, a friend of ours, uh, Greg Martin from Reverent okay. Music, he, okay. he wrote that, but the music behind the stories, that's, mm. that's us. Oh, um, wow. So I record the story and maybe do some music. Ryan does the bulk of, of the music. Um, he okay. just, he just has a better home setup than I do. Gotcha. So he does a lot of that. Um, and then I send the story to him and he does the sound design. Mm. Like he takes my notes and okay. makes it gorgeous. Okay. Um, but all the like Foley work, all the, all the sound library stuff, that's Wild. him. Um, and then we sit down and do the debrief, record the debrief together. And yeah, that's basically the process. Uh, man, it's it's no wonder that the episodes are that good. Like I had no idea that that is that is a solid like two week process. Uh, yeah, that's wild. Hats off to you, man. And, you know, having five kids like. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're making it happen, dude. I you know, that's that's some wild, wild stuff. Uh, let's talk about um I want to talk about uh, for a few minutes about you guys have a uh, Patreon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think it's important uh, for for us to to get that out there. But so uh, Patreon is a thing where you join it, you can support the podcast you like listening to, but then you get extra content, right? Yes. Um, do you mind spending a few minutes like sharing what people uh, can get as a supporter of uh, Campfire? on uh on patreon yeah absolutely right. we if you subscribe at patreon.com slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling mm -hmm. i know it's a mouthful but you can type <laughs> it i believe in you um you get every week you get two weekly series one of them is called lights out which is okay. basically ryan and i's short fiction like an exploration and short fiction oh, so cool. each episode is three to five short stories um read with full sound design and and all Ooh. that um and then we release in the middle of the week usually wednesday or thursday every week we release um a news update it's midweek weird is okay. what we're calling it nice, and nice. we basically just each of us pick a few articles that piqued our interest that week and we discuss them now we've had some of those that went 45 minutes and we've had some oh, wow. that went two and a half hours. Okay. So it really just depends on how many, how many um, rabbit holes get cracked open. Um, on top of that, you get behind the scenes videos from re the research and the sound design process. Oh, that's that, cool. That show okay. some of that. And we started recently doing a thing called the post chat chat. So after we do a fireside <laughs> chat, Ryan and I jump on and we basically just talk about, you know, the experience. Dude, I working love that. with that guest. <laughs> and uh so cool. Yeah, and we also have two monthly shows in the works. So we haven't launched mm -hmm. those yet, but I'll be heading a show called Into Thin Air, which is explores okay. the missing 411 phenomenon. Oh, huge. Yeah. And, like each episode will be uh, centered on one case. Because a lot mm -hmm. of people cover missing 411 all at once. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They'll yep. you'll see a podcast do like an hour long episode covering the entire phenomenon. But to me, every one of those cases, and there are thousands, 
of those cases deserve, you know, a, a deep dive. Oh, for sure, There's, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what okay. that's for. Oh, and then Ryan, cool. and then Ryan's monthly show is, I believe, going to be called Hushman. And it's about hmm. it's about men in black encounters. Oh man, really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Doing the same thing basically. Like spending a lot of time on individual encounters. That is that's awesome. That that is very cool. Yeah. So on top of all that, swag bags every month and discounted merch and exclusive merch. Dude, um I'm yeah. so I'll put that uh um and is that a is that like a five dollar thing or or where does that start yeah. at there's um all of the bonus content you can unlock at five dollars wow that's huge okay all of it Very you cool. start getting start getting swag bags and merch discounts at the um 15 tier there's five 15 and then for anyone feeling particularly generous there's a 50 dollars tier gotcha um, yeah very cool very cool thank you for for sharing that i think it's it's a thing where uh, content creators sometimes, and I know this is me talking to myself, we forget to, uh, you need to share what you do for people to know because yeah. they can't get inside your head. So, yeah, absolutely. At least that I know they, they can't get inside my head. So <laughs> Maybe some can. Oh, scary. Oh, man. Um, let's, I, I, I like to, uh, there's a few Bigfoot questions I like to to throw out on, on everyone that comes. Sure that comes to the podcast. So uh, we'll spend a few minutes um, seeing what, what you got here. So uh, I like to ask uh, what is Bigfoot? Mm, man, mm, I know that's, we could do an hour just on that. I know. Right. Um, but to you, what is Bigfoot? Right. Yeah. I feel personally like it has to be something beyond just a bipedal ape. Mm. in the forest it okay. it feels like something more than that to me mm. um i don't know if it's i'm just gonna throw these words out here like they don't mean anything but okay. extraterrestrial i don't Ooh. know if it's ultra terrestrial i don't but it has to to me it has to be something other than strictly you know a biological entity okay. just because it if you listen to the reports which I know you have. Mm -hmm. There are so many details in there that just don't line up with it being an a, an animal. There's so much more. Like when you're chasing an elk over a ridge, it doesn't just vanish. You right. know what I mean? Like or or control control an orb with its yeah. its hand. I've yeah. I've gotten that account to to me in an interview. That's a huge thing. If you if yeah, you get too. into like the the. Bigfoot encounters from the seventies and early eighties. There are mm. a ton where Bigfoot is spotted in close proximity with UFO sightings. I mean, yes, just a ton. Exactly. Yep. Chestnut Ridge. Yep. Pennsylvania. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Myself personally, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of in like the, the NAWAC, you know, camp uh, where it's an undiscovered grade eight. But the thing is, is like you brought that up. Like, I don't know how to answer that where I'm like, I hear these reports about like, you know, um, you know, disappearing or like a, a, a portal on Skinwalker yeah. Ranch and a, a Bigfoot walking out of it. I don't know how to answer that. You yeah. Know, it brings up a question that I don't have the answer to. So yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great point, Jordan. 
I mean, that's the fun of it, right? It is unanswered question. Yeah, it, it, it is because it's like, uh, you don't, you don't get to a point where it's like, Oh, game over now, now pick yeah. another game. The game could go on forever. Yeah. Um, I, I love that yeah. we can like sit here and have this conversation where you're like a, a bone and hair guy and I'm like pushing the extraterrestrial and you know, something beyond, but we're not like screaming at each other. Like people were like 20 years ago. See, you know what I mean? That's the thing, Jordan, because it's like, isn't it awesome when people can be like, um, uh, adults and like have discussions and they're not yeah. on the same page maybe about, uh, what they think about the topic, but they can learn from each other. And like, yeah. you know, uh, Cliff Berkman is a great example of, he's got so many times he's talked on, you know, Bigfoot and beyond about how he talks to his colleagues and they both know that they're, they're totally different sides of the Bigfoot spectrum, but they can still be adults not yell at each other, not say blah, 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 blah. But there's, yeah. you know, like at the end of the day, they know where they stand and you can be an adult and learn from each other. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the that's, most important thing to take away from this. I think. Yeah. I think, I think that's becoming like a lost art, right? Mm -hmm. The ability to disagree cordially. Totally. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Do you have a, uh, a favorite piece of uh, a Bigfoot evidence that you like? You know, I really like, I really like the, um, the, the actual like detached foot that from the Yeti that okay. all those legends about okay, um, the, yeah. the monks. Mm -hmm. I know that's been tested a few times and they've come up like inconclusive or, mm -hmm. but there's so much like lore around that too with the with the expeditions coming over and like stealing a toe off the foot. Right. The like, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just all this crazy stuff. You know, I, every time I watch it's a wonderful life now, I'm like, that guy stole a Yeti toe. The dude like, smuggled a Yeti toe back to America from, you know, dude, wild. celebrities back then were wild. They were wild getting, now. Back before they were reined in by social media. That's right, man. When they were just doing whatever they wanted in the shadows. Hmm, Yeti toe. What should I do with this? And exactly. Buckle. I think I'll take it home. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah, uh, there's, you know, there's endless amounts of Bigfoot stuff that, there that is, is great. There I is. don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, that's my favorite just because the stories around it. That's sure. awesome. That's awesome. That's one that doesn't get brought up a lot. So that's, that's pretty cool. Everyone usually, you know, jumps to like Patterson Gimlin, which is fine sure. because Patterson Gimlin is cool. Uh, but uh, hats off to you for, for the Yeti stuff for sure. Um, what's your, what, well, first off, what, what are you reading right now? Oh man. We'll start with that. What am I reading right now? Let me just show you. All right. Currently, mm -hmm. I'm on a reread of The Wastelands by Stephen King. All right. Yeah, yeah. Book three in the Dark Tower series. <laughs> that's that's what I'm reading, you know, on the on the fiction end. Okay. And on nonfiction, where'd you go? Nonfiction. I'm reading this. Oh yeah, Kenny Irish, nice. Yep, American Cryptus. That's a guy I've got to have on this show. I need to have him on. Yeah, Kenny a seems very cool. 
a lot of people have have requested them. I just haven't gotten around to asking. So yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, that, that's what I'm bouncing back and forth between right now. Nice, nice, very cool. Do you have uh, any recommendations uh, for books, particularly to cryptozoology, that uh, uh, people should have on their bookshelves, or anything anything that you found to be uh, helpful over the years, or when you're doing your research? Um, let's see. Honestly, there's anything by Lauren Coleman. Yeah, that's true. Right. By Lauren Coleman. Yeah. Basically, you should have everything he's ever written. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just an incredible resource to have mm-hmm. at your disposal. He's done so much in incredible research. He has. That, yeah. I think that guy's career is like a golden ring really that is. most people should be reaching for, you know? 100%. Um, Mm-hmm. But you know, also I'll I'll be I'll be standard. I'll be basic and say if you're into anything beyond just the like just the biological explanations, you you should read the Eighth Tower. Okay. Now now I'm not a Stephen King guy, although I read some in junior high. It's been a long time, but I've never I know nothing about the the tower series. I know it is a crazy adventure that if you're into it, you are into it. Is there any way that you can maybe sell, sell it to me? How it's like, you got to check it out. Here's why it's important. I mean, the dark tower series is incredible. Okay. But I was actually referring to the eighth tower by John Keel. Well, here's me (laughs) with egg on my face. (laughs) No, that's okay. (laughs) I was just talking about the Dark Tower before, so. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. Yeah, he had. That's I totally forgot about the Eighth Tower by John Keel. Oh my god, that's awesome. So red. Oh, you're funny. I'm okay, and we're back. Oh, that's funny. Yes, the yeah. Eighth Tower by John Keel. Of course, of course. Yeah. Aaron Deese is like, come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't read a lot of John Keel. Uh, what's so cool about that one particularly? I think he just takes like he takes the perspective you'd expect and just blows it out. Okay. Like every every like if you think about your approach to Fortean phenomenon as like uh as like a, a spider, like a spider graph, right? Okay, sure. Circle in the middle, yep, and lines out. Um, he explores all of them mm. and that that's a strength and a weakness I think in his writing Okay, is it can feel unfocused it's especially Mothman Prophecies mm. is extremely unfocused it's really easy to get lost you know how occasionally when you're reading you you have that realization that you didn't quite actually grasp the paragraph you just read. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and sometimes most of the time, at least I hope you go back and you reread the paragraph. Right. But sometimes you just go eh, and you keep going. Sure. Right. If mm-hmm. you do that once in the Mothman prophecies, you're going to be lost. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's sort of like um, he covers everything but not not 
not really deeply because he moves around so much um, mm. that he never really gets deep on on any one thing or maybe a few things, but not most of the ideas that he but he just cracks the surface enough to pique your interest. You know what I mean? That's, OK, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, like cool. basically reading a John Keel book is like getting a lot of homework assignments. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which yep. I'm a nerd. I love. I got give me homework. I got to check it out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. Funny stuff. <laughs> uh, let's, let's do one more question before we, we transition over to the, uh, after show. All right. Um, what, what would you have to say is your, uh, your favorite, if you had to pick a favorite cryptid, what would it be? Or which one do you just really enjoy? And, and all that. It's the Kashtaka. Oh yeah. Uh, Alaska, um, is that that's the otter man, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh, that's a weird one. Yeah, dude. Yeah, What's that's that? uh, man. It's my favorite. Um, mm. I love, I love, um, the lore that comes from like First Nations people. Sure. It's, sure. Yep. It's a huge. I mean, anytime I get to research that, I just mm. dive into it, and those are the weeks that I always have to get that reminder text from Ryan going like clock's ticking bud <laughs> like because i just i just live in the research yeah um but the kashtaka i did really early in the show i think it was like our third episode mm -hmm. ever it was the second one i ever researched for the show and oh, wow. it, it just stuck with me man it's like it's this it's this really terrifying amalgam of like a sasquatch and a mm. skinwalker yeah Cause, man and it has all this shamanic background okay like and this deep this like rich culture of the tlingit people it, that backs it up and there and a lot of those are great history but sightings drop off around like 1930 and you just can't find anything after that you know oh weird okay but but the Kashtaka is not like that. They're, they've had, I mean, there have been sightings regularly up mm -hmm. until the most recent one I read was just a couple months ago. Dude, that's wild. Like, yeah. And there was like a rash of sightings during a tsunami warning in 20, 2012, I think, okay. that like, man, it's, it's wild. Thanks. I, I just love them. I Isn't love the Kashtaka. Isn't that is that the one that Charlie Sheen was trying to like go after? Do you remember Charlie Sheen so. was trying to go after a cryptid? I, it was I can't remember which one. I'm going to look it up. But he there is this. I remember this news article way back, and it was like Charlie Sheen searches for a cryptid, and <laughs> I can't remember if it's the Kushtak or not. I have to look it up. But anyways, oh man, Jordan, it has been super super fun having you on. Uh, it's been a long time uh, coming. Let's let's take a, a few minutes before we uh, we go over to the, the after show. Can you remind people how best to keep up to date with uh, with everything that you're doing? Yes. Follow Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling on Instagram and Facebook at campfire.tales.podcast or on Twitter at Campfire T-O-T-S-A-U. We're also on TikTok now. Yes, you are. In we're your just head, recently, yeah. just about a week ago, broke into TikTok. So we're we're learning the ropes over there. Um, it's a lot. 
it's a lot um but we're really enjoying it it's a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah campfire.podcast on tiktok um yeah and we're i mean the show is available on all podcast platforms anywhere mm-hmm. you're listening to this aside from youtube you can listen to us so yeah please very do cool. very good. yeah definitely check out campfire on your uh preferred uh platform of choice and if you're on tiktok follow them on tiktok because uh they're sharing uh jordan is sharing a really cool crazy story about um the wolf girl of is it devil's creek yeah, devil's oh, river it, it, devil's river is wild dude yeah we it's actually wild. just wrapped it up pictures. today it's got oh man in multi-parts uh, you'll love it it's just a a good example of things to come mm-hmm. uh, from campfire on there, but definitely uh, I'll have everything down in the show notes as well. So you can go uh, check stuff out, but thanks so much for, for coming on Jordan. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. Thanks for listening to the Bigfoot society podcast. Please take a few minutes to review the show on iTunes five stars as it does help us get into the eyes and ears of more listeners on iTunes. Uh, that will help us just get bigger and bigger and get even better quality guests for future shows. Uh, Also, if you have any Bigfoot encounters or cryptid encounters, please send your stories and uh, audio and photos, whatever you've got, over to BigfootSociety at gmail.com. If you'd like to become more involved with Bigfoot Society and get some extra content, we do have a Patreon uh, where you can get all sorts of cool things. For example, for $7 a month, you get extra Bigfoot Society content, uh, usually interviews, but other things as well. You get a sweet membership card and a vinyl sticker that I send to you in the mail. You get access to the Bigfoot Society After Show, which is an extra interview after the main interview with the weekly guest. And usually they are up for uh, Patreon members to be in that extra show segment with them and me. And you get to ask your uh, question live to them and get an answer from the guest, which as you've seen what guests we've had in the past, this could be a really big deal. There's also a private Discord where you can get involved with uh, talking to me one-on-one and the community there, and that's always a great time. You can find the Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. We're very thankful for all our supporters that we have in so many different ways and appreciate uh, all our listeners coming back week after week to listen to more cryptozoology-based interviews. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or 